Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things trading and investing. Um, tonight's show is going to be about the All Ordinaries Index and we're going to answer all of your questions and uh, what we're also going to be doing is getting into our portfolio that I forgot to, well I didn't forget to do last week, um, the issue last week was that I couldn't get my spreadsheet to work properly but as you can see beside me we have the lovely Janine back, she's been gone for Hi, the everyone. last two months haven't you? I know, I've missed you, I'm having a hug live. <laughs> Give me a, watch it, my wife's not watching is she? I can so. hurt one too. I know. No, we've had so we've had a nice in, intimate relationship with everybody, just me and the, me and the team <laughs> here watching every week for the last two months. I mean, you're off sick for a couple of weeks, but uh, and had a nice holiday. But doesn't she look refreshed, guys? So um, I'm going to be out going on holidays in a couple of weeks for about a week or two. So Janine's going to have the show all to herself then. I'm looking so, forward to that. And I believe she's got some good secrets she's going to teach you. Or oh, I sure do. That <laughs> <laughs> While the cat's away. But you missed the market. You really have. I mean, I know the, we've had a lot of questions and a lot of participation in the market or on the show with lots of questions. People stressed and worried about mm. the market. And it would have been really nice to have you here for your sage opinions and everything else. And I know I was actually really about, relaxed. You would have. <laughs> yes, I believe, yeah. Here's Dale managing tens of millions of dollars on his own and Janine's asleep uh. and taking it easy. But, uh, but that's how it rolls. And that's what I was saying to, to the everybody on the show. It's like when the market's like this, we know what we're doing in terms yep. of we have rules around what mm. we're doing, when we're buying, when we're selling, how we're managing it. So it doesn't matter what the market's doing. It's, you know, we already got those decisions already made mm -hmm. before something happens. And, and we had such a great run that you've got did. to expect a pullback on the market. It can't go up forever. Well, it did. And I was just I was saying to them, you know, the Australian market or most markets and stocks have two dips every single year. Mm. We're just about to have, we're just having the second one. Or and rub the hands <laughs> together and get ready for the next run. And then. rub the hands <laughs> together. Actually, today there was a post from somebody on the, on one of, on my market report for yesterday, some a retired economist telling me I'm a bit crazy for what I'm thinking about. I'm more bullish on the market and I should be worried <laughs> about the debt around the world and leveraging and all the other stuff. And really, I couldn't give a rat's because yeah. um, it really is it's just own stocks or you don't own stocks, have your stop loss and let the rest happen mm. um, from that point of view. But tonight's going to be a great show, as we said. Make sure you put your questions onto the chat there so we can answer those and we will get into those. So uh, we will get into those already. a little bit later. We've got a couple of emails that we've got, so but it's nice to have everybody back. But uh, given it's the first Tuesday in the month, this is where we go and have a look at the All Ordinaries Index. Now, I know you guys... 
and ladies are sick of my voice over the last couple of months <laughs> and my take on the All Ordinaries Index. So rather than video it, Janine's going to do it live for you tonight. So if we can switch on to the Optima ch the charting software, uh, then Janine can take it away. Okay. Now, excuse me if I'm a bit rusty, but looking at the chart tonight, you should have on your screen there, the All Ordinaries Index is showing a weekly chart. Now, that's a bit naughty, isn't it? Because for those of you who know me, normally I would stick to the monthly chart first and, um, and show you what's going on. So there we can see the whole history right back, well, it's not the entire history, but right back to the 80s of the All Ordinaries Index. And you can see that the angle that the market's been tracking to over time, okay, it has um, swings um, and roundabouts moving above and below the line, but generally tracking this um, angle of rise. Now, it can accelerate away from that line at any one time. And we can see that the market has done that over um, earlier months. And we really took advantage of that when we were um, running client portfolios this year, getting in um, in January and then early in the piece and then taking advantage of some of those opportunities. But we're now having a pullback. So the market's had a breather and we did warn you that that would happen at some stage given that the market was extended. Now we didn't expect it to run on for as long as it did. So we've, we can see there that the market has run up for a number of months. Normally what happens is we might see, you know, um, three or four or five or six months up and then a pullback on the market for one to three months is quite typical. But when the market's coming into a bigger cycle, we could see more than that coming back. I don't expect that to be the case at the moment. I think that's where Dale and I both agree because mm -hmm. we think that the market will come back for a couple of months. Um, and look, if it only comes back for another month and then moves up, that's going to be an extremely bullish situation for our market going back through the all-time high. Because remember, and I'll just put this um, crosshair on for you across the screen so you can see it. Remember that we did crack that level of the all-time high, but only briefly. Um, and, and then it pulled back. And you've got to expect that can happen. Like with any stock or market, there's a lot of momentum that needs to be behind a market to break new highs. And when that happens, the market or stocks will often take a breather. So have a look at some of the stocks that you're studying yourself and see where that's happened over history um, before then the stock or market then moves ahead. Now, sometimes the stock or market could pull back from those highs for some time. It just depends on the strength of the buying behind it. But Look, you'd have to say that our market's pretty strong. I mean, look at the, the amount of infrastructure spending. I just happened to have a look at what um, the Victorian government is spending on infrastructure. And oh, for the life of me, I still can't figure out why they haven't um, done more on the recycling side of things. Uh, I can remember talking to the council some time ago and saying, um, why aren't we changing the, the, the bins, you know, the bin system so that we don't have to, you know, all this talk about plastic bags in shopping centres and you still have to put a plastic bag in your bin. Um, <laughs> and so they're spending all this money on schools and playgrounds and everything. That's fine. But I'm thinking, gee, we're, we must be so rich to be splashing so much money around like mm. that. And we know that that helps drive the economy, jobs, etc. right? So that, that all governments are going to do that to a certain extent. But it's, it's, to me, that's showing the climate that we're in. So to me, that doesn't is not reflective of a bearish situation. It's reflective of a bullish scenario and fueling um, the whole thing into oh, the is. next part of the cycle. It is, and that's where you get, um, as I said, you get these people that think they listen to world markets and everything else, and they there's always alarmist stuff because we're always more negative on mm. a lot of things, and then we overdo the negative because we're fearful of that sort of stuff. And and really, when you look at the US, the US has gone. 
The S&P 500 and the Dow have roughly risen about 9% in the last two years. Mm. Like that's stuff all. Mm. The, the S&P 500 averages over the last 60 years, it averages I think 12 or 13% per, per year yeah. growth. Over the last, since 1950, I was just doing the research uh, the other day, Last since 1950, the six, 73% of the time the S&P 500 closes the calendar year at higher than it opens. Okay, that's good odds. So, no, so that's pretty good odds. Yeah. Only once has the, has the S&P 500 had a negative year followed by a positive year followed by a negative year, and that was in the 60s. Mm. Last year was negative, this year's positive. So it would have to be breaking new territory to have another negative year next year. So go negative, positive, negative. It's only once mm. had three negative years in a row, and that was in the 70s. That See, wasn't isn't in the that GMC. a juicy bit of information to have? I'm full of it, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I really am. But it, is. but it is. That's why, that's, and, and this is what I say to people, and what, what I've been trying to help people with is understanding is over the last month or two months where you haven't been here, mm. people have been sucked into this vortex of this micro view of, oh, Trump's tweeting, what do I do? Yeah. Oh, China, oh, what do I do? If you're fixated on that day-to-day -day noise, yeah. then yeah. you're really going to miss everything. You, you won't be prepared. Mm. You'll be still living in fear of all the things they're talking about and you won't be ready and preparing yourself for the next round of opportunities. Mm. So people will be buying at the right time and you'll still be thinking about, oh, no, but we think that there's this going to happen in the US and then um, China, there's a problem with the tariffs and that's going to continue and this is going to cause problems for Australia. I mean, they've been talking about that for the last 10 years. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what mm. I, was, I was saying to you. I mean, I do. I, I'm now back doing my weekly um, interviews with Jim Beach in the US, which um, you, you enjoy that. I do. Mm. And I didn't do one yesterday morning, which we normally put up today. So if you're missing the US report, it's going to go tomorrow. I'm interviewing Jim tomorrow because the US is having a holiday Monday, which okay. is now there in Monday. Basically. I thought I was the only one that did that. <laughs> didn't it? No, no, I, I learned that from you. Um, but yeah, that's that's syndicated across 25 radio stations in the US. I'm doing that. So you'll see that go up Wednesday, okay. my US report. Mm -hmm. um, but I was only chatting to Jim about stuff like this just the other day, or last week, about all this sort of stuff. And it really is, you know, I said, mate, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of the Chinese, China, US trade war stuff. It's well, like, they're, they're talking about it being really a, a currency war. It is. But the currency war's been going on for decades. Oh, it has. And mm. I was, I just, I laughed my head off when Trump came out and blamed the Chinese for, for, for manipulating their currency. Yeah. I said, serious? <laughs> like, that's all the US do is manipulate yeah. their currency and then they're telling China not to do it. Look what he did with the oil price. Yeah. And it so. really does. And that's where I get, I, I think it's more of a comedy game to me, I think. Mm. So when, when you're seeing, watching Trump doing it, he knows what he's doing. And I reckon so he's what you're saying is look at things like that with scepticism. Yeah, because mm. China needs US, US needs China. And the thing is, the US has got some smart people in it. And yes, China's slowed. Yes, China four years ago was rising at about 15, 16% per annum. That's mm. their growth. Now it's five, 6%. So it's less than half. But 6% is still, still beating the well rest of the world. It, yeah. You know, and then you've got Vietnam at six percent. You've got um, also in um, India is mm. at five and a half, six percent. Mm. So China's going to overtake the U.S. in t terms of GDP in the not too distant future, mm. and then India's going to overtake the U.S. and the U.S. will be sitting at number three and not liking it. Mm. So, and as they say, don't don't um, 
step on somebody on the way up because you might meet them on the way down <laughs> so, <laughs> from that point of view. But let's have a look at the chat now. Mm. Now we've had you finished with your lords, have you? Yeah, well, look, I just think one more okay. thing on that. Um, just looking at the arrow that we've got there. Okay, the arrow. The yes. projection. We're saying somewhere between 7,100 and mm. 200 is where it could easily be. Um, yeah. It could be by the end of the year. Mm. Um, I'd like to say that, that we're going to get a bullish market towards the end of the year, but if not into 2020. Mm. Um, but we could see the market pull back a bit further, as I said, um, back down in this territory. It could come back down as far as 6,200 points. Correct. Yeah, could yeah. break this line that we've got here, because remember, that line has acted as an, a guide and support, but it often the market will often go through it. So look, if we see the market pull back shorter and it stops at 6466, then we're going to go higher than that 72, mm. 7172 yeah. level. I think what you're saying is don't worry about it. Stay calm and keep going. Look, Just I look think. for the opportunities because there are mm. plenty. Yeah, mm. there is. And that's what I'm saying is it's like, you know, as I said, the S&P has risen 9% in the mm. last two years. But over the last four years, it's risen 40. Yep. So when you look at things like that and, you know, our markets, we barely made a new all-time high. So mm. how could we not, how could we be crashing? It's not possible. Yeah, look you at know, the metrics. Our economy mm. hasn't been booming since prior to the GFC. We're just sort of slogging along. Our and people are complaining about that, but that's actually a good position to be in. I would have mm, thought that's huge, mm. and that's what it's I was saying. It's more sustainable. Yeah, and that's what. I, well, that's actually my point about it. Mm. It is sustainable because our growth rates are around about one percent, I think, at the moment. I didn't Ish. think it was that low. One, I one haven't checked percent? it lately, but I, was it two percent? I can't remember, but it's not high. So yeah, there's plenty of upside. Po- there's it. plenty of upside potential, basically, mm. and that's what we're saying is once things sort out, and we're far more aligned to China to Indonesia, to Malaysia, to you know Singapore, to Vietnam, yeah. all of those countries. And that's a big growth engine, And isn't that's it? a huge mm. growth engine for us. And if they're building stuff, they're going to need iron ore and everything else. And, yeah. you know, in, in India is a good trading partner to us, not just China. So mm. I think um, things are really, really well over the next few months. But let's have a look at, this, look at um, the chat. I know we've got a technical problem with our teleprompter, so, but that's okay. Jack, our super tech's working it all out now. We've got some questions here now. We've got uh, one from Fluky who says, Hi, Dale, I recently bought VHT at $1.39 after watching it for months. Um, I know it's illiquid, but really, but really like health stocks, it's looking bullish. Or is it looking bullish? I really appreciate and value your feedback. Um, I'd like to know why you bought it. Just saying I like health stocks doesn't necessarily do it for me. Um, I'd like to know why you're buying something or what your thoughts are. But what do you think of um, the stock here? As I said, it's VHT, so it should be up there somewhere. Yep, we've got it it there. Um, So, okay, Volpara Health Technologies has had a really strong run. I mean, look how far it can rise in just a couple of months. So it is a more volatile stock, of course. So in two months, it put on 80%. Often when a stock's done that, it's not going to repeat that again straight away necessarily. So I just keep an eye on it for now. It's pulled back a bit. So if there, and there's a nice trend on the decline. So you'd be able to get a trend line on the weekly chart down there, uh, waiting to confirm that as an entry. It's filling the gap on the weekly chart. So that's all nice. Um, it's a bit like looking at a, a, um, a, a heart monitor, mm. you know, wanting to see the, the, the typical moves and seeing those unfold as you would expect them to, to unfold. So this is a nice and steady move for the stock. But, you know, it may come up and try to challenge that high and then pull back again. So that's what you have to be prepared for when a stock's run so hard like that. Yeah, I mean, But it, it still looks much. nice. Mm. I mean, if, if, you were, if you were in it on this rise here, you would have been out of it because there was heaps we of rules to sell. $1.39, he said. So I'm assuming he's bought it in the last 
Yeah, so he would have bought it somewhere around here potentially when it's been moving up, or if he's bought it over here, then he's bought it prematurely. Yeah, he's bought it prematurely. Like, I wouldn't be buying right now. Yeah, that's the highest risk time to be buying. People mm. think, oh, okay, I'm going to buy it because mm. it's cheaper. It's pulled back from the high. And okay, look, there is there are a lot of um, arguments for buying stocks mm. when they're actually in their dips. Mm. But there are rules to use to buy in those dips. Uh, and there is no rule there to be using to be buying this stock at that time if you were buying it, say, in August. But if you bought here, there, it's got momentum behind it. Correct. There's no reason not to be in it, but then, like I said, it's a volatile stock. So these sort of more volatile stocks are going to give you exits quicker and get you whipped in and out. Yeah, I mean it's on the on a it's lower liquid stock. It's not illiquid. Well, let's have a look uh, at the volume on mm. there. So you can see that the volume's just gone up massively mm. over the past. So whoever was in it in the early days have profited a lot from it, obviously, and then the volumes increased. So some of you, if you're watching it, or um, what was the gentleman's name? Um, Fluky. Okay, so, so he has fluky this one. Fluky, so no. you, yeah, so that's cute. <laughs> very cute. So if you were, um, if you were buying this stock, you may have noticed the volume had gone up. It's interesting, isn't it, to see when volume rises? But the thing is, are you better in that, or are you better in a resmed that's just absolutely gone massively bullish, or a cochlear or a yeah. CSL? I would say those stocks because th mm. this particular type of stock will be hit really hard mm. on news. Mm. So you could be in it, think you're a legend, like here, look at this one. I'll just, as an example for what Dale's mm. saying, is that this stock rose 45% in just mm. a couple of months. And straight away, what happened? What did it lose? To the low, 40%. lost 40%. So not only did your capital get wiped out, but you went into a loss situation temporarily before it recovered. Mm. And look, it's only, it's, but it has recovered now. So you still would have a nice profit, but... It's a risk. That's, it is that's a what risk. we're and talking about. You need to about. be much more of an experienced trader to be able to trade stocks like this. Really mm. nice for income, mm. like really short term mm. trading. Yeah. Can be, this could be really good. I know that there's a couple mm. of ladies, higher risk um, traders. Um, Shaz, if you're out there, um, how are you? And, and um, apologies for not getting back to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these sort of stocks, some of our traders who have done the, the basic, um, you know, the diploma course, they, they've done, gone on and done the advanced and CFD course, they're trading these types of stocks. Um, good for CFDs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's move on. We've got an email now, now that the Techo team, our super tech team, have got our teleprompter back up again so we can now actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> you <laughs> lived very well then. Oh, you were doing it as well. But uh, So one of the emails we, uh, which we've received over the past few days, and the first one is from Anthony who says, G'day Dale, firstly thank you for providing a no BS trading info arena for those just starting out. And also that may have been in the game for a can few years. Can we use years. that in an ad? Well, actually, I think, no I think he's just written the ad, hasn't yeah. he? Really? I mean, <laughs> that's you. what you, do. you get with Janine and I. You get no BS. You just get it straight. If we don't like something, we tell you. And if we do like it, we'll tell you that. Um, if we don't like what your process is, we'll tell you that as well. Because we like that with our students. And when we're mentoring our students, it really it doesn't serve them if we're not honest with them. Yep. And it really doesn't because the market will take your money. It doesn't care how good looking you are. It doesn't care how many degrees you've got. And it doesn't care how old you are or, you know, who your family was or anything. If you're not doing it the right way, it's going to take your money. And so we need to be that upfront and honest with our students. And I Yeah, no some, amount of hoping No, help. you know, you don't do the buy and pray <laughs> method, that sort Hope of stuff. And, pray, and, yeah. and I know today I gave a bit of tough love to one of our students, you know. Uh, and sometimes it's called an, an attitude adjustment. Um, you know, as the old Zig Ziglar said, you need to check up from the neck up. 
Um, that's another one. And sometimes we have to do that. But um, mm. anyway, let's go on to the email. He says, awesome job, mate. Thank you very much. Um, Janine was awesome as well. Um, I was hoping you can shed some insight with APA at the moment. On the charts, it's broken through a resistance after a couple of years trading sideways and would love to hear your opinion on it. So let's have a look at APA. Yeah, look, on m monthly chart, I think it looks fantastic. And see what we were talking about before with the All Lords, how in June 2018, mm. it actually pushed through that high and then pulled back to test. So you would, you were, if you're in a trade there, you would have been whipped out um, straight away look at this move up it would have been um, great if you were able to get in down here with maybe a trend line dow theory a um, few other methods that we teach and then then you would have been out on a few rules which is fine because that would have protected you so this is just looking at the charts of apa you start to see that there's some really good rules that you could use on this stock and looking at the right hand side um, from about what's this here we've got this is around January 2019 when the rest of the market move. One of the things that I look for is that, that does the stock actually move with the market? And you can see there that APA has moved with the market. So this is why it's important, more predictable, if you know what I mean, um, if it does move with the market most of the time. So looking at this move up here, really nice and strong. Um, I think this is just a short term pullback mm. at the moment, just to test support. But you know, if it went back below that 1040 mark, then you'd have to say it's coming down for um, much, a much more significant low, like a yearly low. Um, a move above this high here, 1119, and it would look pretty strong to it me. It look pretty strong, yeah. Yep. So let's move on to the next um, email. And yep. I, I can't remember, I didn't put the person's We've got name. Orica, we've got SXY as well. Did well, you want to cover it? You'll have to wait till I read the question, won't Jeez, you? Jeez, I'm so getting told off already. You haven't been here for two months books. and you're impatient. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, uh, this person, oh, I was looking at to add this blue chip utility stock to my portfolio, thinking okay. the utility sector is up for some growth yep. in the coming months. And we do, both Janine and I believe, I think you think the utility sector is looking good. Yeah, I mean, that's um, an area definitely to watch. Mm. Now, and he's basing it based on one of my podcasts a week or two back. So um, Just don't listen to everything you hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you and keep up the great work, mate. P.S. I've been chatting with Jenny about enrolling in the course and looking at the trading mentor one to start. Oh, cheers, Anthony. Oh, fantastic. Oh, okay, that was the end of Anthony's question, so we don't need to do that. This is the next question. Okay. I'll let you do this one. Okay, the next one we have is from Andy. Hi, Andy. Um, he asks, hi, Dale. <laughs> Loving the podcast and we'll definitely be checking out your books. So have you bought them yet? There's a question I'm asking you. You can check them out all you <laughs> like, but unless you buy them, it doesn't work. A stock I recently bought in was Cenex. Um, good stock choice. I bought it at 31 cents after I thought it was about to bounce, and it looks like it did. It appears to have broken out and making a new high. How does it look to you? Cheers, Andy. Okay. Um, let's go and quickly flick over to Cenex. Now, interesting stock, isn't it? The fact that it's actually done nothing for quite a few years, you know, I mean, it, much it's trading stock. It's a it? trading stock. That's what it means. Yeah, when you see these sort of the sort of volatility, um, uh, lots of sideways moves in there, these are the sorts of stocks that can be good trading stocks. But then you come to the weekly chart, and you can see that the bars are showing signs of a little bit of a illiquidity. So because of the nature of this share, and let's just have a quick look at the volume. We'll put that on the chart there. You can see there that we've got 19, what is it, million? Yeah, 19.6 um, million. Yeah, and then you're talking about a stock that's trading at 30 something cents. So this is a stock that could be moved by bigger um, funds. And also look at the fact that you get a number of bars in a row that have exactly the same highs or lows, pretty close anyway. That's showing you the liquidity of it. Mm -hmm. 
That doesn't mean that you can't make it a good trading stock. The monthly chart shows signs of that, but there are better stocks to trade than this one. But I do know um, for my from for a fact that this stock has a good set of rules on it that um, you can trade it. So um, yeah, I, I like the stock. I like the fact that it's moved up and cleared this level here. So I'd be wanting to see a pullback on this stock just to confirm that it's got some basing underneath it. Yeah, I wouldn't be buying it right now, would I? No, look, you, you could. I mean, you've got a Dow Theory entry there. Mm. So you could buy, could have bought last week, say, on the close on the Friday. Um, monthly swings up this week. So um, this month, sorry. Um, so you can see there this week, um, we've got a higher high than the prior one. So look, um, you know, it could come back to check its support, which is what I'd like to see before yeah, it moves a up. Resistance but but it looks level. nice. Yeah, there's some, mm. some um, longer term is what you're talking about, isn't it? Mm. Longer term resistance around here challenges that and moves on, then then it's got the potential to keep going. All right. Well, let's look at a couple more questions. I know we've got a whole heap of them. Um, David Murphy's a regular, if you don't remember. Okay. Um, David said, Hi, he's, David. Here's, here's, your, here's a question for you. Is average true range a reliable method to set stop losses and trailing stop losses? Yeah, average true range is a good one, but it's it's really for real quite short term trading. Correct. So, I mean, if you, it's sort of like momentum trading um, that you're working with and, and volatility. Uh, but look, I would not be playing with that until you learnt basic, mm. you know, Dow theory rules, trend lines, things like that, because you can actually find that you can combine that with these other rules and get a much better result than the average true range just on its own. Yeah. So that's something that's important. ATR is a volatility-based type of mm. trailing stop loss, and it really, as you said, it's very much for short-term, and I would use it for short-term leverage trading, not necessarily yeah. stocks. Where you're trying to protect your position. Yeah, where mm. you're needing to protect your position, otherwise you're leveraged, and if it mm. falls away too much, you, you obviously the amount you're losing is multiplied by that leverage, whereas for stocks, you don't need an, a, mm. an ATR, actually. I'd, it'll probably get you stopped out more than what you needed to do, yeah. and you'll have more losses, and that's really mm. what I, I thought. Or you have to have your ATR too far away, if that makes sense. Yeah, you make it a bit looser. You make it a bit looser, but then you might as well not use it anyway. Um, yeah, from that point you can use but another rule, like a counter yeah, trend. like another rule, mm. yeah, but that's a good question anyway. Um, let's look at, down. we'll go down a little bit. Um, we've got Lee Vassie, hi everyone, tonight's topic sounds awesome. Quite frankly, my level of understanding, I'd happy with 100%, bring on 572. Well, we'll talk to you about that in a minute when we get to that one. Mm. Um, We've got Ultra, I can't even say this name, Ultra Shaben. I've never seen that name before, so welcome to the channel and commenting. He gets, the person says, thanks, Dale, for your great content just generally. How important do you personally think PE ratio is to consider? Mm. Now, I know you have got some good views on that one. Yeah, look, I mean, I can remember years ago mm. getting t taught PE and, and there's different PEs that you yes. can use as well, and that, making it confusing. Uh, look, I tend not to use it that much. It's a filter. Mm. So it, it's, it helps you design a portfolio if you want to do it that way. So it could be that you, you're not, PEs for say growth stocks can be higher. So they can be exaggerated and it can be hard to judge whether there's actually really value there or not, unless you're looking at the chart and seeing, you know, what's really going on. Um, you know, but it, PEs can be quite low and you think, oh, there's a great mm. opportunity there and the stock doesn't move. So um, you know, there's swings and roundabouts. And I remember doing a study on this many, many years ago yeah, when we used to run those monthly um, monthly I'm not workshops. Say how long that is. That's like years. That's a long time ago. Mm. 
Um, and I did a study on the PEER ratios to see mm. if I could determine anything, but it wasn't that clear. It was much easier just to read the chart and do the technical analysis. I yeah, because often the PE ratio tends to, well, is a lagging indicator mm. or a lagging ratio. And, and as you said, there's different ways of doing it. And, and often we get students saying when your PE ratios, sometimes you'll get it from one place and it's different on another place that mm. gives you the, the PE ratio on the same stock at the same time. So how does that work? Yeah. So they can be a little bit confusing, but... Probably the easiest thing, what I teach people in our trading, in our beginner trading mentor course, the one that's just under $2,000, is I talk to them about um, the P ratio and those fundamentals is the longer the time frame that you'd wish to hold your stocks over, the more important something like a PE gets. So therefore, if you're looking at three years plus, then you might put PE into it. But if you're looking for three weeks... As a filter. As a filter, mm. yeah. But if you're looking at three weeks, you don't need it. It's just irrelevant to you. So yeah. PE, EPS, all of those sorts of metrics, fundamental... So, so we used to run little exercises, mm. if you remember, when yeah, we ran yeah, those we workshops with the PE. Remember, we wrote it all up on the board, yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah. And so it used to be that um, the mm. PE acted like... So if you, depending on the type of portfolio that you wanted to run, mm. the PE would just help narrow down the stock selection mm. and eliminate some of them, really. Yeah. Correct, mm. but we don't put huge weights on it. I think that's what you're talking that's about. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So what, 10%, 20%? Oh, look, yeah, it'd be a small percentage. Yeah, yeah. that's really what we're looking at mm. there. So, but uh, let's just pick one more question before okay. we go into our topic. I'm just looking for some great questions. Everybody say, welcome back, Janine. Thank Good you. Good to see a good-looking face rather than Dale's ugly mug. <laughs> uh, that's really nice. Thanks, guys. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I think I was going to actually do, do some... Um, uh, no, don't do some trimming. Trimming you, for you, yeah. I thought... There's a couple of spots missing there. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, everywhere, as I said, we got um, Greg S. Manor says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Any opinions on API? Held, um, held for a long time, pays a reasonable dividend. API? Wow. Oh, look. Who was, who was talking about API? Someone recently, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember who it was, but I remember somebody was chatting to us. I, I'm sure we've talked about this stock on here before. Must Maybe have been it was today, just before you I left. Been here for so long. <laughs> Maybe it was when I was spying on you. Must have been. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure he's doing the right thing. And yeah, I look because at cameras all around my office. Because this stock actually looked like it was about to take off back in July. Yes. And then this is like any stock on the market, it reversed and pulled back. Now I've got the monthly chart up Wally there. Wally was the same. Change. It looked like it was going to take yeah. off and it reversed as well. And some of those resistance levels have just proven mm. too strong. And see, so this is where, mm. where you take an entry potentially right before there's a market correction or around the time of a market correction, the probability of getting a successful trade around that time is significantly reduced mm. when the corrections happen. So that's where you've got to be mindful of. I, I can remember one guy started... Um, trading and right at that time the market pulled back yes and yeah, so yeah, yeah, it yeah. just happened to be the one that was going to be the losing trade because when you're doing your analysis on your stocks you do what's called back testing so you test the rules over the history of the share and then determine what the probability of success of those rules and so what happened was he had a really high success rate for this particular set of rules and then when he went to trade it it pulled back and so there's all these questions come up you know the psychology side comes up questioning whether he's doing the right thing or not. It's like when you've got your mm. training wheels on. Mm. But it's not a matter of that. It's it's more the fact that, you know, that this stock was more likely to pull back more 
in a time where the market's having a pullback and we're seeing that now. So looking at this here, um, the low was $1.28. So did we get an opinion from the person who actually wrote this request? Uh, no, they just asked us for our opinion because... Oh, see, um, are we going to yeah. stop answering questions like that? Well, I've been search? trying to, but people don't, are still reticent so to put what their thinking is on there. And it's one thing that... Uh, it's a bit hard with me on my own trying to look at the chat and everything else. So with yeah. you back, it's a little bit easier. But we will be, you know. I feel like I'm your sidekick. No, you're not. Are you? No, definitely. You are tonight. No, but you're not. Um, <laughs> He's so kind, <laughs> isn't he? No. I was just no. giving him an opening there yeah. and he didn't take it. No, but we've just bought some new equipment today. We're going to learn how to use it. So all mm. the chat's going to get filtered from now on. And so they're okay. going to give us the questions okay. rather than us trying to pick things out on the run. Um, We're going to so make it better speak. for you guys. It's going to be making a lot better for everybody. So, I mean, I, I guess whether you've had experience in doing mm. the course or not, you can look at this chart and say, does it look like it's going up or down? I can remember that's what Dale used to say. Keep it really simple. Is it going up or down? And the fact is at the moment it's going down. And if it takes out this low here back in June, then it's definitely going to push you know, below those levels. And this is a really strong support level. So to break that means mm. that the, this stock could continue, could continue quite fall. Um, a way down. So if it reverses in the next mm. week or so and pulls back, it needs to get back up, back up through $1.39 to really, you know, be, be safe again. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All okay. right. So let's get on to um, Next. our topic because everybody's asking about this, oh, the five, portfolio? this 500 odd percent. So they all, want, they all want to see it. It's interesting. I, did, I remember I did mm. discuss it a while back when we're talking about portfolios and I was talking about growth, mid cap, blue chip and everything else. And you remember... Um, back years ago when we had the four portfolio styles that we were managing for mm. people. Yeah. And 95% of people only chose the growth because they thought, growth, I'm going to make more money. Yeah. Whereas people, a lot of people going into growth couldn't handle the volatility of a growth portfolio that's going up and going down. Mm. And it is interesting how people think, you know, well, hey, if you if you made 20% last year, mm. well, that means you're going to make me 20% next year. And they mistakenly think that's the doesn't way. Doesn't happen every year. It doesn't happen every <laughs> year. So it'd be interesting. Um, but anyway, let's get into the, this week's topic anyway. So last week, you yep. remember that I tried to review a portfolio for for you, one of our subscribers, and uh, you also remember that I had some technical issues with that spreadsheet of mine. So I wasn't able to cover really what I wanted. And so our topic for tonight is to do what I was actually going to do last week, but I think that's even better because uh, Janine's here. That's again, why he needed me back I to show him how to spreadsheet up. I do, I do. Yes, she puts her hand up the back of my suit jacket and makes my <laughs> mouth work sometimes as well. Um, but again, I just give him a kick under the table, but you don't see it. You don't see that. No, I've got, okay. I've got sore ankles. Now behave yourself at the yeah, moment. Okay. I'll let you back on and I you're know. not behaving oh, yourself. Okay. Now again, many of you took the opportunity and did respond to me and give me your, uh, send your portfolios in for consideration. So again, thanks for those that did. And I did mm. say I was going to send you an email with my thoughts on on your portfolio brief one, but I haven't actually got around to it. I've been so busy, but I will do that, please. I don't think Did I'm you get doing... inundated, did you? Yeah, a lot. I always get inundated when you're not around. So they're getting this free? No, they had to send it in to me. There's only a couple <laughs> of people. Not, we're not talking about thousands of okay. people. I don't do it all the time for everybody. Okay. Um, but just to reiter reiterate what I mentioned last week, that uh, in my opinion, when it comes to portfolio construction, there really is very little or no education out there that really helps individual investors mm. and traders. And it really is concerning to me. And this is why it's essential for you to understand what we've been sharing with you over the past month on portfolio construction. So let's now get into looking at that portfolio that was chosen. 
Now, again, to refresh your port, uh, your mind, the portfolio that was sent to me from a person called Shabir, um, who wrote to me and he, and he said, thanks for giving me the opportunity to send my portfolio be reviewed. I started my investment journey in August 2018, so just over 12 months, um, with amount of less $5,000. Now, he went to continually invest regularly each month of around you know, $2,000, which is not a lot of money, but it continues to build my portfolio. I'm in my early 30s and I've managed to build up a portfolio to $50,000 with monthly investing plus dividends. Um, now, Janine, I think it's really do think it's fantastic to hear tonight because whilst oh, we do this, you. as I know you have some really good comments for Shabir, so in a way it was really good to see that I didn't get to do it last week. Yeah, thanks, Dale. Look, I'm sure that we'll have an interesting discussion on this portfolio. Let's bring up the spreadsheet and get into it then, shall we? Um, first of all, I mean, the, the interesting thing about it's great to see his dedication to building his portfolio. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so well done. What I what I talked about last week, just to give you a bit of an overview, I talked mm. about looking at his spreadsheet and we talked a bit about him buying multiple position sizes mm. over sequential weeks or over a couple of months and also decreasing prices, so his dollar cost averaging. So that was yep. one of the things that we brought up last week. He's got 11 positions, 11 individual stocks, which is perfectly fine between our 8 and 12. So we did talk a bit about that. Uh, and again, he did a couple of times. He bought, you know, he bought CSL four or five times there, next DC Webjet. He bought mm. them several times, Macquarie. And quite a few of them, he was buying them as their price was decreasing okay. and dollar cost averaging. So we talked a bit about that. Mm -hmm. Now, he did get back to me saying this date here that I mentioned that was incorrect, the 15th of November 2019, because that's not happened yet. Okay. He said that's a typo on the end. So it should say uh, November 2018. So that's what he should have right. put in there. So that would put that in a slightly different order but I've left it there because that's this all this area here is exactly how he gave it to me okay. all I've done is totaled it mm -hmm. um, so you can see the 50,000 that he's built up and there's all these stocks he's got the position sizing his actual buy price right so what I've actually done is then gone and say okay so here's all the positions in bingo so those three positions they add up to 2,000 526 shares. And this hasn't been audited or edited or anything? No, it's this just is just rough YouTube. sort of figures. So yeah. please don't. It may not be perfect. It's hard and fast yep. and okay. everything else. It's just me doing a bit of an overview and everything else. Um, just to illustrate on, a point. Yeah, just to illustrate a point. So mm. the total position size then um, was yeah, what I'd also did was got his position size and added those up. And so you can see 6946. So that's all I've done. Yep. Um, and based on that portfolio style, that, that position is 14% of his total portfolio. That stock. Yeah. That stock. Mm. So CSL was 11%. So I repeated the so process. So the actual purchase cost, oh, not including the brokerage. Yep. Yeah, this is just the purchase from the number of shares yep. based on his buy price and all the positions he's got. So okay. CSL was 11% of his total portfolio. Next, a DC, a, a 12, there's 13 for Webjet. Uh, nine, six, 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 eight, nine, and seven. So there's a total hundred percent um, there. So his average position size is nine percent, which is in line with what we talk about. So we talk about roughly eight to twelve percent yep. in your position sizing. Bingo is oversized. It's gone over the twelve percent. So has this one here, which is Webjet. It's thirteen percent because this is all based on his buy price, not on the growth that it's had. Yeah. So once okay. the stock's grown you might find it get to be more than 12% of your total which is portfolio, fine. which is perfectly fine because you're, you're in profit. profit. Mm. But when you're setting up your portfolio, you really do need to balance it out properly and have it between that 8 and 12%. That's what you really need to Because it's your risk get. and your exposure. Correct. So when you're putting a proper stop loss on it, like what we talked about, 15%, if you have a 12% or an 8% position sizing and you're using your, uh, your stop losses correct, 
you shouldn't be risking more than around 2% of your capital mm. in any one trade. And I did talk about that a few weeks back. And for, for you, for people who haven't uh, seen that one, it's also in my book, How to Do All This Sort of Stuff, your position sizing, your stop losses, mm. uh, making sure you're not risking more than 2% of your money, all that. So all that money management, that mm. that's probably 50% of getting a portfolio right, Absolutely. isn't it? Mm. Yeah, because I've been saying to people over the last month or two, it's not what stocks you're buying, it's how you do your portfolio that's yeah. important. Because if you don't get your portfolio management right and your risk right, it doesn't matter what stocks you buy because mm. you're going to have a crappy portfolio. It'll be all over the place. It'll be all You'll over have the stocks place. that are actually making your money and the other stocks that will be taking it mm. away because you've bought different position sizes or bigger. I've seen stock. I've mm. seen portfolios where people have bought big positions in the penny dreadfuls mm -hmm. and that's totally blown their profits in the big um, top yeah. 20 stocks away. Yeah, oh, and you mm. know just as well as I do that one stock can make or break a portfolio yeah. and it can really decimate a portfolio if you put the wrong things in. True. If you bought a couple, two or three stocks that are the wrong stocks, it will decimate a portfolio. Mm. So it's really important we get the style of portfolio. We talked about goals of the portfolio, whether it's short, medium or long term, what style of portfolio you're looking for mm. and setting up the groundwork for it because you can't build your house till you put your foundations down yep. and that's really what we talked about so basically so all of that up to that column was what uh, Shabir gave me uh, as there's some I've good only stocks just, in there yeah there's some great stocks mm. in there like CSL's awesome you know ResMed's brilliant Macquarie I mean, Lendlease well, he's, you know, he's, he's done a reasonable done job great. of getting going mm. one of the things that I'd say though is notice you know, it's, it's challenging, isn't it? Because if you're starting off with a small amount of capital, mm. you need to be able to build up your positions. Correct. But at the same time, then you're creating yourself a bit of a taxation nightmare because mm. you've got all these little positions of, say, CSL and Webjet. Yeah. Um, and you've got to account for the cost base of each of those when you go to sell it. Yeah. And um, this is why de dividend reinvestment plans, you know, all the, a lot of the financial advisors encourage people to do it. But when it comes time to actually manage that at tax time, mm -hmm. um, if you're selling stocks, um, think seriously. I, I know some people have held stocks for years and then they say to me, look, I'm going to be selling these stocks. Um, what do I do here? And I said, well, it's a taxation question yes. and someone needs to look at it and see what, what corporate actions along the way have in, had an impact oh, on that, that cost base. Me, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it's not just the brokerage. Yeah. Mm. And it is. It just increases your accounting cost too if you've got okay. an accountant helping you as well. So it does all of that. Mm. One thing I did say, when you're looking at buying positions over a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, you're better off just waiting mm. and getting the stock. Save up one. until you've got a few thousand. Yeah, save until you've got a few thousand and maybe do it once a month mm. rather than weeks after week after week after week and buying bits and pieces of stocks. You're better off waiting for you get your position sizing. So on $50,000, if you are looking at um, eight stocks, you're looking at what's about a $6,000 position size. Yeah. If you're looking at 12 stocks, you're looking at I'm, my, my head's gone funny now. Well, look, um, eight, 10 stocks is an easy round number. So yeah, just pick better. that. 10 stocks, five grand in each. That's nice and mm. easy. So you wait till you get the five grand and you just do that. Now, moving on from the next column. So what I've got is the total position size in dollar terms and the number of shares from what okay. the buy price was on the original date and the position sizing. Then I put the current share price. Now, I haven't updated these from last week. So the spreadsheet hasn't changed since what you saw last week. Yep. So um, they can see all that clearly. Yep, so that was the from uh, Monday's close last week, I think. Um, yeah, for, for Tuesday night's show. So that's what it was there. Yep. So you can see the current share price that was there last week and the value so that uh, of that position size. Now, what's red means it's in a losing position based on the current share price. Now, yep. I haven't done an average of those, which I you know could have done average that price. No, you've up. actually done the exact... So 
All figures. I've done is taking the exact figure of how many shares yeah. of the exact dollar amount it is. But obviously the profit or loss on this is going to be slightly different to this one and slightly different. Well, it's going to be the same for that one, isn't it? Because of the same price. No, that's no, slightly it's different. No, 260. Yeah, so like my eyes aren't that good. Um, so anything in red means it's in a loss situation. So I've done all of that down there and we've calculated to that point. Here's the profit and loss is $471.32 over the 12 months. That's what he's made. Which is Now his losses are not huge. No. You know, they, they, you could get a uh, between 10 and 15% stop, stop mm. loss on a, on a stock that you're trading. So mm. it's not a... Not a significant loss, but it's it's had a bit of a dramatic effect because of the number of positions that have gone into loss that much. Well, in a bullish, roughly bullish 12 months, what we're seeing is 0.92% profit. The biggest loss is 18%, which mm. is bingo. Um, and then obviously the greatest profit is Resmed at 43, and then there's 12. So nothing too major here in terms of concerning yeah. to me. Yeah, you could have had a short Because we have reviewed loss. portfolios and we've mm. seen 30, 50%. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lady I spoke to oh, not before, long before I went on leave, mm. and she had a mm. broker set up a portfolio for her, and she had like disaster. a 30 to 50% loss on a few shares. Mm. Was it a disaster? Yeah. Now, here's the kicker, Sarah. Here was 0.92%. What I did was then I was saying, okay, so what? When we're talking about earlier about how stocks can affect your portfolio, I would never have bought Bingo. I would never would have bought Nanosonics or M Emico because uh, they're they're just low stocks. They're not they don't suit this portfolio. So what I said, well, okay, I just said, well, let's take those three stocks out of this, and let's put the money from those three stocks into all the other stocks. So that's all I did. Nothing else. Sounds logical. So it was just pretty simple. So what I did was I got rid of those stocks. And yeah. they mm. totaled 12878 on the actual buy price on the actual date that he bought them. And then all I did was divide that into eight. So, so that was eight positions of $1,609.75. So I added $1,609.75 yep. to the last position of every stock. So CSL based at 186 So if you see here, it was eight shares, I think, CSL, eight shares, the last. Now it's 16 so now, now, you're not saying that you go and put a bigger position in to the final position that you purchased. You're not saying that. No. Like, you know, because there could be some that, you know, you've lumped that extra cash in there and it inflates the position. But you're not saying to all of a sudden at the end, if you've got an extra three grand, saying you've put, say for Lend Lease, you put the seventeen fifty nine ninety five, and then for all of a sudden you're 3600 yeah. Because um, there's a way to do this, but we'll talk, we can mention well, that later. Well, I want to try and do is like, he's picked all those shares, But you're not just me. being, it's a rough guide. It's just a rough guide, yeah. To, because yeah. I didn't want to pull the money out and say, well, what shares would I would have bought? Yeah. Because that's not fair. He's picked those shares. Well, you're shares. not giving him advice because no. it's not what this is about. It's just illustrating an example. Yeah. So I've added, not your so I've added that $1,609 to each one of the mm. last positions of every stock. Obviously, a couple of them here, like Resmed and Bluescope, there's only one position. So I added it to that. And, and Wally, I added it to that last one. So there's your new position sizing, the new total number of shares, the position size, still 51,100. Look how much more even the weightings are. It's, yeah, so we've still got 51,100, which you can see here, which is 51,404 for the total portfolio. Um, what, you know, 51,000, there's missing $4. I'm not sure where that went. Yep. Um, probably a tiny little typo, but yeah, you see the position sizing, 14, 15, 16, 13, 9, 11, 12, 10, much more even. Mm. And the average position size is 12. So you've got It'll more money in the stocks. It'll probably just yeah. a rounding. So some people don't put much money into some stocks. And so mm. they don't have enough in a stock to make a difference to the portfolio. And other times they have too much in some stocks. Well, we've seen some portfolios with mm. the penny stocks where they've been, they've, someone's thought, oh, look, it's a higher risk mm. stock. I'll just put a couple of dollars into it. 
Why even bother? Why it's even bother? Just a waste of your time. Yeah. So again, current share price, the same prices that we had, the current the value now on those stocks. So now we've got 54,268 with a profit now 3,168 as opposed to the profit back over here of $471.32. So now that overall profit and loss is 6%, which is 572% greater. And that's profit. without dividends. That's without dividends. It's just using a basic, simple, yep. just all I've done is take that's those three example. stocks out that he shouldn't have had in that portfolio and just put mm. it into the other stocks he picked. And you can see how big a difference that makes to your portfolio return by picking the right stocks and not having a broad portfolio, but having it more concentrated in the right stocks, it will dramatically increase your returns. Now, there's no reason why this portfolio wouldn't perform better moving forward from today. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, they're all great stocks. Mm. You know, they really are good stocks at this point in time. So I'd be happy with that. None of them are in a major loss situation. We've got one down five, one down five, one down 12. And one down port But in saying that, you still want to have rules. Yeah, so you're going to have your stop loss rules, which he's been learning about and he's got my book, but I think that's pretty good yeah. you know, in terms of that. So that's how you increase your portfolio returns just by making the portfolio good work for you than the other way. I'm going to quickly show you a couple of the other ones that we had came in. This is another one that came in. We have three banks out oh, of four geez. and Telstra. You know, 18%, 18%, 14%, 15%, all wrong. Mm. Why would you have three banks in a four-stock portfolio? Yep. Here's another one, three stocks, each one 26, 36, and 20% positions. But they might be just them. starting to build it up, though. Like, yeah. they're not they're not telling... Although the available cash is only 2,000, okay. Yeah, so the but, total portfolio But you do say in your book, like, you know, start mm. building it up, get a few thousand yeah, for each one. Yeah, but don't put that much in each position sizing. Spread it out. You should have five to six or seven stocks with $12,000. You put $2,000 in each. Okay. Now, good stocks, I don't have an issue with the stocks, but it's just showing you how it's out of whack. Mm. Here's another one. It's 192,000 portfolio. You've got 16, then two. Oh, Five, six, eight, three. Why, you know, why do four, that? Four, four. Why do that? And this is really another. That, that's... There's a lot of cash. Now, they may have sold down a lot of stock okay. with the bearishness. I don't know. And that's possible what's happened with this person. What that um, shows to me, though, is that they hmm. could have had extra cap capital all Correct. of a sudden. Possible, too. Um, and that's Very boosted much. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what the person does now, they've got a $192,000 portfolio. They should be balancing that over eight to 12 stocks and looking at that. Well, we've had people um, mm. have had portfolios with us and all of a sudden mm. they come and put an injection of capital in and it changes the weighting. So then we need to add to positions yeah. to build up those positions mm. to the average. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes they pick a stock that mm. think they'll take off. So they put more money in it, as you were saying, and they get their weightings wrong. And it's not about yeah. that. It's about risk always about risk it's always about not losing not how much you make because if you don't lose it you don't have to make it up again and i think a lot of people forget that they just pick stocks and throw in a portfolio mm. with no rhyme and reason and this is really where we see some disastrous portfolios and i think yep. like some massive disastrous portfolios. this stuff you're talking about is so much more important than some mm. of the stuff that i've heard other people chat about online because they're just talking about what a stock's mm. new, latest news is. Well, so what? So what? That's not important to you right now yeah. when you're trying to build a portfolio. Well, even like um, last Friday, they probably would have seen it, I was interviewed by Bloomberg mm. last Friday morning and one of the last question was, what's the biggest worry that you have with the market moving forward? And, <laughs> and in my head, I'm going, people not using stop losses. Yeah. Like that was my biggest worry because if you don't use stop losses, you set yourself up for risk. But how do I say that to, to a Bloomberg? And mm. I, I just said, look, you know, just the US-China trade war. But 
that's not even a big worry to me because it doesn't matter if that all blows up. That's unusual for you to I know. to say. I'm biting like, my tongue. Yeah, to bite your tongue. That's unusual for you. Normally, you would come I, out with. I was told to behave myself. Oh right. I was told to behave myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, it's nice to be invited on Bluebeam, and they were great. They were lovely. They were really were lovely, and they looked after me, and I think that was great. You know, but I was going beaming into New York and around the world. So yeah. I thought, well, okay, I better behave myself. Can't have this Aussie Aussie guy saying that uh, they don't. He doesn't think the US president somebody that he should take seriously okay. um, from that point of view. But uh, but yeah, and last one here, this other one we've got here is, is $5,000 portfolio. And again, position sizing all over the place. Um, but again, you know, but better, good shares, not, but yeah. really, really good shares. So some people are picking some they've great shares, some are well. picking some ordinary shares, but mm. position sizing and other stuff all out of whack. So, mm. but uh, that's it for the topic for the week. So okay. how's whilst, that? Well, whilst um, we're here. Let's have a look and um, um, now all the stuff talk, from the. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your book a little bit well, more yeah. about the? Well, what as you were you saying, accelerate is, your wealth and. Well, everything we talked about is in accelerate your wealth. Yeah. So you know, to, to me, it's just you go into a bookshop, get it online, whatever you get it, but get it because it is what we just talked about tonight. Really, is the critical stuff that you need to worry about. It's not who the next big winning share is or. You know who, you know what stocks doing what, and what mm. Trump's doing, or what China's doing. That's all relevant because it's not what happens that matters. It's how you handle it, and it's understanding how you handle your portfolio that will see you profit more. And yeah. I can't push that hard enough with people. Like people going to me, what do you think it's of this? It's to have stock? a plan it's and a make stock. those decisions. Mm. Um, not get distracted mm. by mm. all of the the latest news is what Dale's really saying, aren't you? Yeah, and if you don't, if you you own stocks and you don't have a plan, then you're gambling. It's simple. Mm. And that's pretty much as simple as that it gets. You need to have a plan for entry. You need to have a plan for exit. You need to have a plan for what, how it sit, fits in your portfolio. And all that needs to be congruent with who you are. And, and if it, you have kids, what are you doing if you're not doing that? Like why? <laughs> you know, what sort of an example are you setting? You've got to, you've got to really help them. And mm. I think that's an area. Like shares are something that everybody's starting to look at doing. They are. Becoming more popular. And it's really good for kids because it's, they can afford that. Property's out of reach. Yes. But shares are not out of reach. They can put a little... They can, mm. with their jobs, they can save up money and then put some money into shares and invest. Mm. But it's really important to get this stuff right, even if they don't know the technical side just yet. Yeah, get, this, get your portfolio right and everything else falls mm. into place. Let's get back into the chat for them because I'm sure there's some lots of good questions. I'm all over the place here at the moment. Uh, we got another one there from Michael. Um, we've got one from Michael, Michael Seggy. He says, the US has the federal note. What's the Australian equivalent? I don't know the answer to that. Do you? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe somebody else knows because I don't actually look at the federal notes and stuff like that. So something that's not really I'm sort of looking at there. So, yeah. Um, if somebody knows, please post it out there for me, please. But uh, got one from Michael Sopel. He says, hi, guys. I bought Lend-Lease around 1450 and okay. and up around eighteen percent. If you're expecting in a if you're expecting in a pullback in the market, would you sell half the position or let it run until it till it triggers a stop loss? Really good question by Michael, isn't it? Because we do a bit of both. Yeah. That's, so and it just depends. It's a general question though. Isn't mm. it? So let's have a look at Len Lee's. Okay, it's just taken off like a that. rocket. Mm. So we've seen it over the last couple of months. It's really been more this August really. Um, September is just this so far this week it's just sitting there. Last couple of months, it's had a slight move up. Um, you can see that there's some resistance there at around that $18 mark. So it's had a, a big run. Let's just check the weekly chart. We can get a better bird's eye view. So it was really all this week 
16th of August that it made that move. But it was gradually making higher lows and that's one of the things that's really important to look for. So I think Lend-Lease looks really good in terms of stop losses. The challenge is when a stock, it's, it's a blow off, that's what we yeah, call it's it. it's a blow off. Um, when a stock moves up like that, it's a technical term that we use, um, but it becomes a challenge because where do you... tells me to stop blowing off all the time. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Hot air. All right, so 21% um, is, is where the last trough is. So that's mm. too far away to set your stop loss. So then it's a question of a percentage stop um, that we would look at. So that's how you'd manage the risk on a stock like this if you bought it, but it really depends on where... So what would have to happen for you to sell half your position? To sell half? Um, look, this is the question, because this is what we do when we're managing client portfolios, we take some risk off the table. We just need a rule. Mm. We need to actually have looked at the stock, see what makes sense from the history of the share and then determine what that rule is and then apply it. So we don't have any... Figure, that's really there's no arbitrary figure. There's no arbitrary figure. It's got to be a solid rule. As an example, um, as the stock's rising, if you can see an exit, you might have a this is what we call a counter trend, where it moves counter to the trend. So it's had a down move and we get a little counter move up. Um, underneath that low, we take a, a short term exit. But that may that may be the, the position to sell half to, to manage it. Yeah, um, the thing is use a stop loss, absolutely use your stop loss. And if yeah. you don't sure, because the thing is some people, and, I, and here's an example of somebody, the only the other day, it was, um, nano, nanosonics or nanotechnology, I'm not sure exactly. Yep. Uh, uh, they it gapped up last, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago it gapped up mm. um, in price. And this person said they bought in, it gapped up, they sold out. Now, they were wanting me to tell them that was a good trade. So that was a percentage exit on the No, on it, it was just, it went up one day, it was down. Because a lot of people sell on percentage gain, don't they? Yeah, which they shouldn't necessarily. Yeah. You know, they, at the point of time, the day before it gapped up, their position was down 18%. Mm. So, yeah. And then it gapped up and they got out of it. And to me, all of that was just pure speculation and quite luck rather than good trading. Well, it's got to be a trailing stop. Mm. Not So you've got an initial stop loss, which we were talking about mm. trying to find before, which it's hard. To, you'd have to use a percentage stop on this one. Mm. And then to sell part of your position in profit, mm. which is different, um, then it's about using a trailing stop loss. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So look absolutely. for that. Uh, let's go and look at another one. Look, oh, look, Luke Blom, I think that's how you say it, Blom, of um, Flight Center. Flight Center, oh yeah, one of my uh, favorite uh, stocks. Oh, hang on. He says, well, are we allowed to ask about PNV? You can ask about PNV all you like. Um, as long as you're not using swear words, we're okay with it. <laughs> um, and then Flight Center only got in at $43. Okay, PNV, so. I'll have a look at that first. I mean, that's just gone through the roof. Look mm. at it. So this Massive. is a smaller stock, um, but timing is everything, obviously, on stocks like this because let's have a look at the weekly chart. I don't know what's happened to my weekly chart, but... You can see here there have been a number of rules. You could have been in this stock for, what, over a year and it did nothing, went sideways the whole time. And those moves look really small, don't they, when you're actually looking at the, the latest big move. But if I, if I bring the chart back and we have a look at what the percentage moves were, because um, we're talking about a stock that was around 60-odd cents, it fell roughly 30%, almost 30% in one of those moves down. So you would have been stopped out of it so many times through here and it did nothing and went sideways. So that's the challenge with these things. Um, but at the moment, it's looking really good. Um, so I, I wouldn't, if it was in my portfolio, I wouldn't be selling it. Um, I'd be holding onto it and I'd be managing that with a relatively tight stop loss. 
and then we've got Flight Center. Uh, Flight Center is starting to look really nice. So um, it's moving up now, higher troughs as it's moving. It's looking good, um, isn't it? Yeah, it looks really good. So look, um, simple Dow theory entry trend lines, you know, have a look at, and see what you think. But there is some resistance right across here. You can see over the history of the share, uh, which it's broken through, which is nice. And then up here, a bit, there's a bit more resistance to get through yet. So it still c could be challenging this level. You can see these two peaks here. So that could be a point around the $50 mark where it um, slows down a bit. Cool. So Flight Center's looking nice. Uh, what else have we got, got a there? Question. Somebody asked about the portfolio that we showed, whether it was trading or buy and hold. That's exactly how we got the figures, but um, and it was buy and hold from the day they bought them to that. So, But yeah, somebody said it was pretty impressive. And it was a great portfolio, um, but it just shows you what you can do when you tweak a portfolio. But uh, we got one from Amanda Mack, um, who's oh, a lady. new name as well, a lady. I always like picking out the Welcome. ladies. And I know you like it when the ladies yeah, get off. Yeah, that's Last fantastic. Last week we had a couple on, a husband and wife on. Oh, really? And asking Wonderful. questions and they watch the show together, which is nice. Actually, you know what? When yeah. I, I met lots of husbands, husband and wife teams mm -hmm. that trade, um, mm. fantastic if you can do that together. Mm. But some husbands are so supportive of their wives ah. in doing that. And I've had conversations with really, mm. really intelligent guys who they're too busy in their job to do it and mm. they really support their wives who are maybe at home. And the wives make great traders. They, they just do. need to be left yeah. alone to focus on what yeah, they Yeah, Dale's do. had a few stern mm. conversations with husbands um, <laughs> over the years telling <laughs> them just to stay yeah, away from what she's doing and let her do her job. And she'll make um, you the money, yeah. And she'll make you the money, yeah. Mm. And, it, and it has worked doing yeah. that. So, but I think fantastic, Amanda. If you're really getting into this, that's great. So, no, that's the not Ama Amanda just getting into it. She says, "What are your thoughts on Brambles now? Yep. It okay. has poor financial year and not a great prediction for the next year." Um, one of those things is some of those stocks, like Caltex, had a really bad reports, and um, other there's a few other stocks that Look have had it. a bad report. But what goes down comes comes up, mm. basically, and bad reports turned into no bad news, and then eventually turns into good news. So it's about picking shares up just as they're starting to move up. And so bad reports don't necessarily bother Janine and I. It's more of looking at uh, is it starting to move up now or not? Because we'll find that the news will lag on behind the share price quite often. Mm. If the share price will start to rise and then the news will start to change. So what are your thoughts on Brambles? Um, look, there was a trend line exit. There were a couple of exits along mm. the way there. So um, I'm just trying to find your trend line here. There's a grey solid line that will do. That's normally what we use for Elliott Wave, isn't it? So you, you, there were a number of trend lines, I think, in underneath there. So don't hold me to it, guys, in terms of where I'm drawing this line. Um, but that's showing that the angle of the trend was starting to be broken, and it did um, break the angle of that trend there and reverse strongly. So we're seeing a number of reversals. Notice the change of the color of the bars as well. Um, the volatility increased. So there were a couple of telltale signs there and looking at the daily chart, I mean, you know, you, the best you could have done here is be out on the close that day or um, the open yeah. if you were still in the stock at the time when that news came out. So, so often you can see a rebound where there's a gap like that, but a stock can make a rebound and then go further south before it actually comes back up to, to fill that gap later on. So the risk is always there that it doesn't fill that gap for years. It's a possibility, um, but I'm not necessarily saying that's the case with Bramble. So. Yeah, no, but right now, if you're not in if it... If you're not in it, you wouldn't be buying it. You're you not, wouldn't be you buying don't, You don't try and buy a stock like this at bottoms. Look how volatile it can be at times. So, mm. Just yeah. wait for it to prove it's going to be a bit stronger and then And wait for it a technical there. rule that's showing momentum. Or the, you've got to wait to, for the big money to be behind it, don't you? Yeah, 
Yeah, but again, it's a great trading stock, this one, from that point of view. It really is a nice trading stock. If you get in at the right time, you can make hundreds of percent on that. And, and making 20% per annum is not a hard thing to do if you've got some rules around it. Thanks for the interesting stocks that they've put on. They've been, been they, I said they've gone ballistic since mm. you've been away. I think it's my good looks and my charm that's brought me to it. <laughs> okay. I'd like to say that. So you're getting um, a big following now that I've been away. No, you? you're getting the big following because every week somebody says, hi, Dale and Janine, even though it was just me. <laughs> yeah. So you might have been not here, but you definitely went forgotten. I'm, I'm here in um, spirit. <laughs> you were here in spirit. And I did talk about you pretty much every week as oh, well. Thank but, you. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and, and thanks for participating, everybody. It really is good that you're putting stuff, the effort into going into the chat and asking us some great questions. But uh, as always, if you'd like to see the show grow, then remember to share it with your social media and other friends, your Facebook, your Twitters, all those sorts of things. Be a Trump, Twitter it um, <laughs> from there. Now, the more people that join, the more we can share with you. And, and this means the more everybody learns and the more money you make. And, and that has to be really good for, for you. Also, make sure that you put this show into your calendar so that you're back next Tuesday, same time at 7pm. And if you cannot be with us live next week, we're always happy to receive your questions. Send them in to info at wealthwithin.com.au and type in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Well, that brings us to the end of um, what I thought was a really enjoyable show. So thanks for, it's been awesome having you back because it takes a lot of pressure off me when you're here and it's a little bit easier. You've done a great job by all accounts. And I didn't oh, watch you. Look, the guys keep giving me pats <laughs> on the back, so that's nice. And nobody came in and shot me, so that was good yeah. um, from that point of view. But uh, we, as I said, I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. And I always enjoy being on the show with you live. And we'll be back next week. As always, thank you for taking part. We'll see you again next Tuesday at 7pm. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.